Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning and welcome listeners to On the Road with Jesus, where in Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, and we do welcome you here today. Father, I pray that you would search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way about me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Father, I pray that you would fill me full of your Holy Spirit. Fill us full of your Holy Spirit. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts, Lord, be pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you would be with me and my special guests, Carrie, as well as Sean, as we um, get through this show today. Father, we offer it up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've got a guest that I'd like to introduce you to, and that is, um, his name is Carrie. Carrie, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I I know your testimony because I've known you for a long time, almost 20 years now. It seems impossible, but it, it is almost 20 years. Now, Carrie, there comes a time where you begin to date. Exactly. And I and and you're doing some online dating. So, let's let's just go right to the chase there and talk about that experience because you're now Jewish but kind of in a softer way, in a in a more mild way. Yeah, there, there came some reasons which I don't want to go into where I had to leave that conservative temple because of certain things that were going on there that okay. I was not accepting of. So I was kind of not really affiliated much, and I was in a situation where I was alone, and I thought, why don't I try internet dating, just like you said, see Mm -hmm. if I can get into a relationship with someone so I don't have to be by myself. And I did that, and I actually met a lady who was actually very nice, and we got along well, and in the beginning, it looked really good. And one day, she says to me, I'd like to invite you to go to church with me. Apparently, this girl was a Christian. And I kind of laughed at her, and I said, I don't think you understand. I'm Jewish. Jews don't go to church. They go to synagogue. Okay. I'm saying, okay, that's fine. So we continued dating, and like a week or two later, she repeated the same request. She said to me, Carrie, I would like to invite you again to come to church with me. But this time she said, I feel it's very important for our relationship that you go with me. And I thought that was reasonable mm-hmm. because it was to help our relationship. So I said, I agree. I will go. However, I am only going as an observer, not a participant. Yeah. Okay. And she said to me, that's great. One little thing. Everybody in my church brings their own Bible, so you're going to have to bring your own Bible to the church. Okay. Okay. Reasonable request. But then I realized... I don't think I own a Christian Bible. You know, I'm going to have to go buy one. Okay, so where do you go to buy one? A bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's plenty of them. I went to a, a bookstore, and I find where the Bibles are, and there's all kinds of Bibles. Big ones, little ones, different colors, different translations, study Bible. I, I didn't know which one to pick. You must have been lost. I was lost. But then I remembered hearing the term King James Version. So I thought, I'll pick a King James Version. And it may sound silly, but I said, I like the color blue. So I'm going to buy a blue King James Version Bible. Good choice. So I did. I pulled it off the shelf, looked at it, and I started heading for the cashier. Now, this is going to sound kind of funny, but listen to what my head was saying to myself. I suddenly got very embarrassed. I said, oh, my God, what if when I go to the cashier... She's going to look at me, look at the Bible, and say, what's a nice Jewish boy like you buying a Christian Bible? Yes. So I go up to the counter, feeling embarrassed. She rings it up, tells me how much it is I pay for it. She says, thank you, smiles at me, and that's it. And I went, ooh, got out of that one. So she was not Not the slightest bit. No. Okay. No, of course, it was all in my head. (laughs) So still feeling awkward about owning a Christian Bible, I immediately wrote in the in the uh, in the inside front cover for research purposes only. Okay. Like, I remember you telling me that. I, it's like, you know, I'm not a part of this, but for the sake of my girlfriend, I'm going to do the research, you know. And then I noticed on the spine, back spine of the Bible, it said words of Christ in red. And I thought to myself, wow, that's right. He's in there. He meaning Jesus. Jesus. But what I didn't realize at the time was I was in there too. Okay. Okay, and I'll tell you more about that when I discovered myself in the Bible. So I said, I have it. I might as well read some of it. So So this is the first day you bring the Bible home. I bring it home, and I immediately say, I'm owning it. It's in my hand. Let me open it up and see what it says. Okay. Now, I said to myself, I already know the Old Testament because I studied Jewish. For years, yes. Okay. By the way, that wasn't right. I did not know the Old Testament. Not like you thought you did. No, I didn't. I thought I did. So I said, I'm going to start with the New Testament. So I turn to the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, which you just spoke about. Yes. And I said, I'm going to skip to the first place where there's a lot of red. Because we know that the red is Jesus. Yeah, right I said, speaking. I want to hear what Jesus says. I want to hear what all this commotion is about the New Testament, about Jesus, why this is so popular. Carrie, you're living dangerously now. It's research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so research only. So I turned... Of course, the first big bunch of red was the Sermon on the Mount. And I started reading it. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I was shocked. There was a verse, Matthew 5.44. Jesus said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I couldn't believe it. I said, this goes against every human nature I've ever known about. I have never heard anyone, not a rabbi, not a teacher, not a counselor, not my parents, no one in my life ever told me to love my enemies. I was always told, hate your enemies, get revenge against them, stand up for yourself, don't let anybody attack you, you know, love your enemies, bless them. I was shocked. I said, this is not a normal man. This is not from this world. I felt like I just read something from another world. Right. I said, this doesn't happen on earth. And then I read another verse going back a little bit. And this is the verse that got me the most. It was Matthew 5.20. Now, remember, I had struggled in yeshiva. I had struggled with the rabbis. 
The rabbis were always proclaiming themselves as the holiest people, that we could never aspire to be as holy as them, even though they were filled, many of them, not all of them, some were okay, but filled with ego, with control, all of that. And Matthew said in Matthew 5.20, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, I knew that the current rabbis were descendants of the Pharisees. And I said, my God, Jesus is taking my side against the rabbis. He's saying they're not as righteous as they say they are. And I can be more righteous than them, and I need to be more righteous. They're not so holy. I'm the one he's looking to for, for righteousness. So you got that right there out of, out of that verse, Matthew 5.20. Yeah, it spoke to me like that. Now, um, did you continue reading? Well, of course I continued reading. I read more. I, I finished the, um, the Sermon on the Mount. And then I closed the book and I said, wow, God, is this really for me? And I asked for a sign. It's a sign that sounds silly and ridiculous. But I said, God, if this is speaking to me, would you, I am going to read the very first chapter, which I skipped over at Matthew. Yes, because you only went to the red. Straight to Matthew 5. I said, if my name is in the first chapter of Matthew, that will be a sign to me that this is for me. That's a big request, Carrie. It's, It's ridiculous. I thought for sure my name was not going to be in there, right? So it, 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 it's ludicrous. Now, my name is Carrie, but mm-hmm. I also have a Hebrew name. And my Hebrew name is Eliakim, or transliterated into English, Eliakim. This was the name I used in Yeshiva. Okay. It was just as much my name as Carrie is. So I go back to Matthew chapter 1. And you start from the beginning. And it's all about the generation. I said, it's interesting, it's mentioning names here. And I got to Matthew one thirteen, And in Matthew one thirteen it said, And Zerubbabel begot Abiud, and Abiud begot Eliakim. And Eliakim begot Azor. He mentioned my name twice. Wow. In If once wasn't good enough, Carrie, God put it in there twice. I thought, oh my God. And then I went back to Matthew 5.20 again. And I said to myself, my God, this is 5.20. My birthday is May 20th. This verse, not only is my name in the Bible, but the verse that moved me the most, chapter and verse, is my birthday. I love it. This, this is personalized for me. God is so personal, isn't he? I mean, if this book written thousands of years ago has a personal message for me, yes. and I'm sure has a personal message, maybe a different message for other people, this isn't just a book. This is alive. Right. This is real. So, Carrie, last week... I spoke about, um, because I I talked a little bit about John, the book of John. Mm -hmm. And I talked about in the beginning was the word. And we use that book for, uh, you know, we hand it out to the lost because we want people to accept Jesus as their savior. And I actually said last week, um, not knowing that you were going to speak today because my speaker is not able to come. But I said, you know, John is a really good book to give to people because they can get saved through that book. And I says, you know, I don't know anybody that got saved through Matthew except you. Well, it's what you said in the beginning. Yeah. Matthew was written by a Jew for the Jews. Each of the four Gospels has targeted a different audience. 
Exactly. Matthew, my, that, what Matthew said would not have impressed me the way it did had I not come from a Jewish background. So right. if you are handing out tracts to the Gentiles, John may very well be the best book to give them. Exactly. Now, John is an incredible book. It, it, it's filled with amazing things. I mean, it's, you know, I love the book of John, too. I love all the books of the Bible. Now, so John, um, you, you read Matthew and you see your name in there. Do you fall to your knees now and ask Jesus into your heart? How does that go? That's not what happened. Okay. In fact, what happened was I felt like I had a dilemma now. Because you have to understand, I had many years of being raised Jewish, associated with Jewish. I was told my entire life that it is wrong to believe in Jesus. It is wrong to be a Christian. It's a violation of my Jewish identity, even a betrayal of my Jewish people. I had to come to terms with that before I could accept Jesus. Right? Right. So that was, it was not immediate, but I was in a state of dilemma. So. So do you tell your girlfriend your. Not yet. Okay. Let me, let me tell you what happened first. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay, because that part's very interesting, too. Well, I went back to work, and we had a man at work who was a Jew who also accepted Jesus. And I told him I was now considering it. And he opened up the book of Isaiah, went to chapter 53, and we we read it together. And he talked to me about, you know, that Jesus is really a part of Judaism, that it's in the Old Testament, and it was prophesied. Right. But I got home that day, and I said, I need a little more. I need something confrontational. I need something on this subject. So I went back online, and I went into my search engine, and I typed Jewish Christian, Christian Jew, or something like that. And a website came up that was a website devoted to evangelizing Jews, Jews to try to bring Jews to Christ. I said, Mm -hmm. oh, this is good. But the website itself wasn't very strong. It didn't really move me. It didn't have a way to contact them. But it had articles complaining about a counter-evangelical group, a group dedicated to stop Jews from accepting Christ. So I went onto their website, and that website had contact information on it. It had a phone number. Now, what was your reason for going there, Carrie? I, w- I decided that if I'm going to accept Christ, I have to do it with an open mind, and my faith has to be able to withstand criticism and adversity. It wanted my faith to be strong. If I was going to give my faith, I wanted it to be strong. Okay. And if somebody had the opportunity to talk me out of it and— I didn't let them. That would make it stronger. That would convince me I should do this. So you called. I called the number. And this lady answers the phone. And I said to her, I am a Jew, and I am considering accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I want to give you the opportunity to talk me out of it. Wow, those are big words. Those big words. I kind of shocked her, I think, because <laughs> there was like dead silence for a few seconds. Yeah, right. I was like, wow, you know. And then she started to speak, and she said, well, listen, the rabbi is not available right now, but you can talk to me. Okay. I said, okay, I'll talk to you. And she said to me, tell me, are you an Orthodox religious Jew? And I said, I was, but I'm not anymore. She said, why did you stop? I said, it was too hard. That's just what I answered. I said, it was Keeping too hard. the law. Keeping I couldn't do the it. Law. The law was too hard, and I just couldn't do it. I can understand that. So she said to me something that surprised me. She says, Well, you know, today we don't expect people to observe the law perfectly. 
All they have to do is the best they can. And immediately I thought to myself, I never heard that before. <laughs> In fact, the best you can. Kind of I remember from Deuteronomy 1813, it says, you shall be perfect with you, the Lord your God. And when I read Matthew, it said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. So I said, really, I don't have to be perfect? And then she said something even more amazing. She said, you have to understand something. Have you ever heard of the Shekinah? We yes. call it in Hebrew the Shekinah. It basically means the outward pres- God's presence that is, you know, that you can see. Mm-hmm. You know, the visible presence of God, the Shekinah, Shekinah. She said, since the Shekinah has left the Jewish people, it doesn't make sense that God would expect us to be perfect anymore. Interesting. I said, thank you, goodbye, hung up, and I went, oh, my God, this lady trying to convince me to remain Jewish admitted to me that she does not feel the divine presence in her religion. I said, well, if she is right, that the Shekinah, the Shekinah, the Shekinah left the Jewish people, where did it go? Did it go to Jesus? Did it go to the apostles? Did it go to the Christians? Now, I'm not saying it did leave. I mean, for example, I know in the state of Israel, you can easily see God's mighty hand protecting the Jewish people from all their enemies. God is still interested in the Jewish people. But what impressed me was this lady could not see God in her practice of her religion. And that's why I said, you know what? This is proof to me that I am right for accepting Jesus. And right then and there, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Right after that call? After that call. Like a day later, after thinking about it, I said, Jesus is my Lord. So then you call your girlfriend up. I actually go over to her house. You go over to her house and you say, I accepted Jesus I've as my Savior. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And she must be shocked. She immediately called the pastor. <laughs> and the pastor came over. <laughs> and the pastor says to me, and she's like, is he saved? Is he saved? And he says, well, let me find out. And he turns to me and he says, so tell me, what do you believe? I said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God. He died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected and was born of a virgin. He turns to my girlfriend and he says, yep, he's saved. (laughs) As plain as day, right? Just like that. And then he turns back to me, and this is funny. He says, what were you before you were saved? I said, I was Jewish. He really, he got really happy. And I said kind of jokingly, I said, do you get extra points if you get a Jew? (laughs) And my girlfriend said, no, you don't get extra points for a Jew. And then the pastor said, and I don't know if he was joking. She goes, yes, yes, we do. We do get extra points if we get a Jew. Probably just joking. That's funny. I know, but it's it's very funny. So now you've become a Jewish believer. Yes. And exposing it to your girlfriend is one thing, but exposing it to your Jewish friends and family must be a whole nother ball of wax. Now, how did that go down? It was actually very surprising. Now, I admit there were a few people that I got very negative reactions from. One person, when I told them, said, I would rather you told me you were Muslim or gay. Muslim or gay. I don't know. Sorry, Muslims and gays, but that's just what they said. And then another one said, I would rather have died than hear that. And the worst one was, you are now a Gentile and you're just like Hitler. Wow. But many Jews who I told us about, had a very interesting reaction. They would like, I'd say, I've just accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. They would look both ways, right and left. If the door was open, they would close the door. (laughs) And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm really going to get it now. 
and they come up to me and they say very quietly, tell me about that. I'm very interested to hear about that. I'm very curious about this. But it, it, it was a positive thing. They wanted to know about this. But they wanted to make sure it was behind closed doors. Well, because, because they didn't want everyone to know that, right. they, that, that, that they're interested. But they were. So, so this tells me then the heart of the people are really searching for the true and living God, no matter what your background is. And yours happened Absolutely. to be Jewish. And you happen to make a commitment just by reading the words of Jesus and the first book of the Bible. And God spoke to you. You believe it so much that you can depend your life on it, which is what I did. Exactly. And I came out of it, and life started to improve, and things got better. And I feel closer now to God and to Jesus more than I ever have. Right? And I tell people that if you can reach this level of faith, and it's hard to do, and it's not overnight, it takes time, you will not be disappointed. If you have your faith... By grace, through faith, you will not be disappointed and you will eventually be able to inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's my story. That's my belief. Thank you very much for letting me tell you this story. Okay, Carrie, you're welcome. Um, I I am so impressed with God and, and how he um, treats us. Um, I do, I, I grabbed my phone when you said, about suicide because um, one of my really close girlfriends has a website for people that are depressed or down, possibly suicidal, or maybe even lost someone. And it's called gardenofcaring.com. All one word, garden gardenofcaring.com. I didn't think I'd even have to mention that, but when you said suicidal, I thought, there's a place that, you know, someone can go. So, anyway, thank you. Also, I want to ask you, um, when, when, um, when we first met you, I remember being overwhelmed by your testimony. And I don't know if you remember this, Carrie, but um, we asked you to teach us some Hebrew and there were so many people that were interested in learning about the, the, the Jewish words and Jewish things in the Bible that you actually taught a class yeah, um, to us. And that was so beautiful. Thank I want to thank you for that, too, because that much. was really good. Okay, so I would like to invite anyone out there that possibly Carrie's story resonates with in terms of um, him looking in the Bible, searching, um, and finding his name in there. Um, Maybe you can relate to the fact that you're searching. I would like for anyone that um, would like to make a commitment to Jesus Christ as their Savior to follow me in a quick prayer. Um, As I've said before, it's not a magical prayer. It's just a covenant that you're making with Jesus, inviting him into your heart. Just like um, Carrie said, he believed that Jesus died for his sins, would risen and ascended into heaven. And so um, if you are one of those people that would like to accept Jesus, just follow me in this little short prayer. Dear Jesus, 
forgive me for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Cleanse my heart. Father, I invite you to come into my life and and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. Father, I ask that you would find me a place to worship you. Help me to remember to read your word, the Bible. Bring me friends that know you and love you, that can help me in my walk with you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, and if you're one of those people that have invited Jesus into your heart, you can call here at Hope Radio here in, um, in Corona, or you can go to my website, ontheroadwithjesus.com, and send me an email. I'd gladly send you a Bible. If you um, are watching through Facebook or other platforms, um, you can send me a message through that. And I want to thank you for joining us again, Carrie, and you listeners out there uh, for joining us. Um, Come back and see us next week. God bless you and keep you. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.